Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Brownie Points. I'm Dan. I'm Nick. And this is the podcast where a guy with a film degree. And a guy who's not stupid! <laughs> Talk to you about movies. This week, we go back to 1989, and we find a little hidden MGM uh, gem called UHF. That review coming up now on this episode of Brownie Points. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our second review of the week. We have taken... Oh, there it is. Was it there? Nope, nope. My finger slipped. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Whoop, my finger slipped. Whoop, my finger slipped. I do that all the time around my wife and drive her insane. <laughs> Will you stop it? Ah, <laughs> uh, guys, we have taken the time machine to 1989 just older than both of us and we have watched the weird owl movie ultra high frequency also known as uhf also known as oof (laughs) which is what this movie did at the box office that really got me i don't know why (laughs) that's really funny (laughs) Um, it of course is uh directed by jay levy and written by mr levy as well as weird al yankovic himself um, in case you don't know, Jay Levy, Nick, uh, if you look at his IMDb, uh, quite literally his entire career is Weird Al Yankovic music videos, UHF, and then more Weird Al Yankovic music videos. <laughs> you, you know, what would be really funny is if he didn't direct the Weird Al music video that happens in the middle of this movie. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, he, he did. Yes, he did. Uh, money Good. for, money for nothing slash Beverly Hillbillies. But yeah, he directed... Uh, he directed Fat. I want my, I want my MTV. He directed uh, This Is The Life, Eat It, Like a Surgeon, One More Minute, uh, Dare To Be Stupid, Living With A Hernia, Fat. Can I tell you something really funny about uh, One More Minute? Uh, Sure. That's, hmm. Out of all his songs. <laughs> so Kelsey ruined this song for me, and here's why. Uh, as has been documented on here, I didn't date very much. Um, and Kelsey was like my first real girlfriend. Cause you know, I was cool and, um, love you, babe. And I remember when I was younger, when I heard one more minute with you, I really wanted to break up with a girl by playing that song for her at one point in my life. And then I started dating Kelsey and, uh, we got married. So now I can never do that. <laughs> well, some, some dreams can't come true, I guess. Um, I thought you were going to say something like, well, sometimes dream marriages end. And I was like, Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> holy, holy. <laughs> I wasn't going to go that dark. <laughs> oh, my God. No. Um, the cast. How about the cast? Let's talk about something else. Uh, the cast has Weird Al Yankovic, uh, Kevin McCarthy, uh, the Me Too'd before Me Too was a thing, Michael Richards, and Fran Drescher. Uh, that... Was Me Too? I don't know if that's Me Too. He, well... Was Me was me Too related to race? I thought it was related to uh, uh, sexual harassment stuff. It started out as harassment, but then it just kind of expounded into general abuse, bad behavior, um... He would have been me too, let's say, if he said the N-word on stage now versus back in 2000, whenever he did. Uh, he got canceled. No, I'll say it this way. He got you, canceled before you, getting you, canceled you, was a thing. Yeah, he got canceled. Uh, you, say, you say he said it on stage? I don't know if you've seen the video. He screamed it on stage <laughs> multiple times. <laughs> I was trying to be. He didn't. He didn't say it. He didn't just say it in passing. He sprinted across the stage and screamed it, dude. I was trying to be a little polite about it, but yeah, he wasn't polite. I've I've, I've seen the video. (laughs) 
But yeah, canceled before canceling was a thing in cancel culture. Michael Richards one is of, in this. One of the funniest <laughs> jokes I ever heard dropped about that was Dave Chappelle. There's a clip of Dave Chappelle playing there. And he turns around and he looks at the logo and he's like, every time I see this logo now, all I can think about is Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? He's like, so he goes, so I don't want to see any cell phones. <laughs> That was at the Laugh Factory in L.A., wasn't it? Uh, either L.A. or New York. Okay, I just, I just, I vaguely, I vaguely remember it was. I think it was the Laugh Factory, and I would, I, I just assumed it was L.A., but I. <laughs> God, that was that was something. Uh, but we don't have to drudge on that for too much longer. Um, it's just worth noting that you don't really see Michael Richards that much after Seinfeld. Um. <laughs> But yeah, that rounds out the cast. Um, Nick, you wanted to watch this movie, well, two weeks ago, but um, we did like Eden instead. Uh, so I guess I'll open the floor to you. Uh, what is your hot take on revisiting UHF? Uh, how long had it been since you watched it, like start to finish? Oh, man, it'd been a while. Um, so I grew up a really big Weird Al Yankovic fan. Uh, my dad introduced me to him. Um, and man, I was... I remember at one point in elementary school, I was talking with a really good friend of mine about at the talent show doing a Weird Al song. Um, me and him were big Weird Al fans, but I got introduced to Weird Al from a very early age. And I remember the first time I saw this, I think it was uh, on TV. And, and I remember watching it a couple times, but I remember at some point the uh, the blockbuster that was in our hometown, uh, we rented it. We rented the movie, and we didn't have to worry about commercials. So the last time I had seen this movie, because I've had I've actually had a copy of this on Blu-ray in my watch list on eBay for over a year, and I've just never pulled the trigger on it, and I really should. And I I think next paycheck I'm going to. You couldn't. Um, was it a bid or was it a buy it now? It's buy it now. Then what, why, did, why didn't you buy it? What, it had to have been like, what, seven bucks? Uh, When I found it, it was like 20. I think I remember now why. When I found it, it was like $27. Oh, Jesus. And the guys, well, the guys got it discounted now to like 18 bucks, which I I find palatable. Like 16, 18 bucks. I find that palatable. Is it out of print? Um, I don't know. But what I'm getting, but what I'm getting at is the reason I hadn't seen it forever is you don't see it on TV anymore. And you don't find copies of it. Like when we would get it at Blockbuster, there were maybe like four copies of that whole of that movie in that whole Blockbuster. So you don't really see it available very much. I don't know if it's I don't know if I'd call it a cult movie. But I've there's not many people that I talk to that are just general people and not like really into movies and they see a lot of movies that have seen this movie. I'd say it's a cult movie. I I, I think this okay. qualifies as a, as another cult movie we've now covered on the show with Scott Pilgrim and uh, whichever else or Fat Man. <laughs> yeah. So it'd been a very very long time since I'd seen it. I'm 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 uh, twenty twenty eight. Yeah, I'm twenty eight. <laughs> I think I was. I think the last time I saw this movie in full, I was in single digits. Oh my god! If wow. I if I if I wasn't, I was like eleven or twelve. It's been a very long time since I've seen this movie. Oh, I may have lowered myself. There we go. <laughs> um, sorry, listeners, I dropped my chair. Um, <laughs> I um, no, that's kind of um. Not... By the way, just just in case it's not clear, I give this movie sprinkles. I love this movie. Nice. Um. I, I, I'll say up front, too, I give it sprinkles, too. On our rating scale, that's our highest rating. Uh, a brownie pan full of brownies covered in icing sprinkles and all the fixings on top of it. Pretty good movie overall is a full pan of brownies. So-so 50-50 is a half pan. A pretty bad movie overall is a single brownie. And one of the worst films we've seen for the show is a movie so bad you're not even a brownie. You're a cookie cover, or cookie full of raisins. Uh, I give this movie sprinkles, too. I uh, My little history with it is um, I... I think the first time I saw it was with um I'll I'll text you the name of the friend but um it was with this guy um cuz he introduced me actually to a lot of movies back in the day like uh he was the first guy that I saw uh Godfather with and um uh it's 
gonna try to spell check it, but you should know who that is. But um, um, <laughs> I'm not surprised he's the one that showed it to you because that guy was very strange. Yeah, he um he introduced oh, dude he introduced me to the Simpsons among other things too. He introduced you to the Simpsons. Yeah, he did. Yeah, believe it or not. Wow. Yeah, without thank you that guy. Yeah, without him, I would have never gotten inspired to watch the Sims, the Simpsons, <laughs> the Sims, <laughs> the Sims. But um, I think I think with him, it was the first time I watched the movie, and then I know I was in New York. I know for a fact I was in New York because I was scrolling through Prime. Just I think it was before we did the show. I would just go on Prime and I I watch movies. I don't just watch TV that much. So I would just, on my one of on one of my days off where I was just trying to find a movie to watch, I noticed UHF was on uh, was on Prime. So I know I watched it within the last five years, but um, I didn't really remember that much of it. And uh, before I watched it on Prime then a couple years ago, when I was still living in Florida, um, I want to say it was 2014, uh, I saw Weird Al doing the Mandatory Fun Tour, uh, the album that looked hey. like it was... He was he was the first concert I ever went to that was like a concert. Like I went to like some show in Columbus, um, and it, it was a quote unquote concert, but like a professional musician concert. Uh, he was my first concert was Weird Al. Do you remember if it was um... other other than Blue Man Group? Like I saw Blue Man Group when I was in third grade in Vegas, but I, mean, I consider that a show, not a concert. Yeah, that's not quite the same. I, I agree yeah. with you. It's not the same, but do you remember if it was the Poodle Hat tour or? It was 2013, is oh. what I remember. Because I I I know for a fact it was 2013 because I remember getting home and watching the Cardinals play in the NLCS after that. Oh, I have a I have an uh, I have a tab tab up here. Here we go. 2013. What was his album in 2013? Because I actually want to know because I saw. Because like why I said, did, why don't you look up just Weird Al tour 2013? Because this is harder. <laughs> uh, That's what she said. Tour 2013. We may have saw the same tour. Oh, Alpocalypse! You saw the Alpocalypse tour. Because there's there's someone that I'm friends with on Facebook that was in Terre Haute that saw his Terre Haute show in Indiana about a couple nights after. Okay, it's I'm just going off of what Google said. It it said that you saw the Alpocalypse tour, so. That would that make sense. Yeah, and then I, like I said, I saw the and main... thank, mm-hmm. and I, so, I, my sister said this is one of her favorite Weird Al songs. I actually really do not like this Weird Al song. Want to be your lover? Oh, that's a random one to say it's your favorite. She she says she really likes the song. I actually really don't like that song. I I I I don't know why. I really don't like it. So I got up and went pee during that song, but apparently during that song was when he like got off stage and walked up the aisle but my parents and sister were like he didn't come back this far and i was like oh okay cool yeah i i don't blame you that's not that great a song but um but anyway um watching this movie now (laughs) with a more analytical or not really more analytical eye i watched this at (laughs) i watched this close to 10 o'clock on saturday because that was the only time i could watch this um i again we've We've got a very strange recording schedule this week, so we couldn't push one review a day. Yeah, dude, it was after I basically I spent most of Saturday um, cramming editing like before I or up to that point of the day, I was like cramming so much editing. And then I was like, you know what? The Oscars are tomorrow. I have to stay up and watch this tonight. <laughs> so, dude, I had a blast. This movie just simple simply this put, was is the hilarious. first time it is so this funny. was the first time kelsey had ever seen this I, I watched it with my wife and uh she she likes weird Al quite a bit and um i i i had shown her the red letter media review of this movie i think is where she because there's like certain times she's like i've seen this before and i was like well i mean they get made fun of all the time but then i i put two and two together i was like oh yeah i watch red letter media all the time I bet she saw part of their review for it. Yeah. But she was like, I was laughing my ass off and she was like, this movie's really good. Oh, she enjoyed it. She really liked it. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. I thought you were going to say she was, she thought this is so freaking stupid. (laughs) No, she dates me. She doesn't think a lot of dumb comedy is all that dumb. That's so funny. She puts up with me on a daily basis. (laughs) 
dude, I love this movie. It is. It makes me pine for spoof movies. Like, I really wish spoof movies. Yeah, that's. I wish they didn't go extinct. We'll, we'll pick because I got. Um, I think I own Airplane One, and I have the entire Naked Gun trilogy. Oh, I have and I have airplane right behind me on that shelf back there, so I could definitely. I'm I'm ninety five percent sure I do. I, I have to I'd have to go check my DVD and Blu-ray like bookshelf thing, but spoof movies when they were good before they got killed by people that made scary movie or uh, superhero movie or like those kind of movies wayans brothers <coughs> excuse me wayans wayans brothers and then the people that like ripped off the wayans brothers before that happened spoof movies were amazing like hot shots part two is one of my favorite spoof movies ever dude any excuse to pull that into the show i am down we have not had or no we've only had charlie sheen on for platoon so if we if we can make an excuse for charlie sheen to get back on the show i am more than open to it <laughs> he freaking uses a chicken as a bow and arrow <laughs> but uh but yeah no for real though like it really it's a subgenre that's just died you don't see outright spoof movies it's, anymore it's di- it's died because of viral movie or viral moments right really. and you, you don't you don't need you don't need to base an entire movie around mocking certain things when you can just have that joke put on the internet right away yeah, and I feel like this isn't really a critique so much about this movie as like what ended up killing spoof movies. If this is what even it did, we're listeners. Would, we're just talking would, okay. off the cuff, but I think one the spoof last movie- thing. One uh, last thing before we abandon this topic, I think Deadpool also is part of why it doesn't work anymore. Because like, <clears throat> excuse me, spoof movies work when the actor is a serious actor and isn't trying to be comedic. And Ryan Reynolds' delivery of lines is exactly how they used to deliver lines in spoof movies. So, I don't, I don't think, I, th- I think the closest thing to a spoof movie we could get is or have at this time is Deadpool. Yes, I, I was gonna say more that I think the more mean spirited and just kind of hurtful, more than trying to be witty or humorous, I think that kind of. The, I think that hurt the cause. Comedy's as well. gotten a lot darker too. Like I because th- in a airplane wasn't mean and scary movie. All the like like it has mean jokes. Like the guy that's telling stories that are so boring and people just want him to stop so much they're committing suicide while sitting next to him. That's a pretty dark joke, and they make it a bunch of times. But it's not. It's not a personal. It's not like. It's not the punchline punching down at somebody. It's. It, yeah. it, there's not a moment in that movie where it feels like it's really punching down at somebody. It's always punching up at somebody that they're making fun of. And I feel like a combination of that and nihilism and uh, I, comedy is just too dark now. I think especially like Deadpool is a great example. Not that I'm exactly making that correlation, but it's you can only do it like a Deadpool now, a breaking the fourth wall snippy comments cursing all the time like it's not really about the wit of punching down at somebody that deserves to get like a little bit of a jab at like it's it's all done in such a darker spirit now i don't think we could necessarily do it that way anymore yeah or at least that's just my two cents on why we don't get movies like uhf anymore (laughs) that and just bad joke writing well the other thing too think about how clean the jokes are Oh yeah, I was. This movie could have been PG. Like, there's, there's hardly any swears. The most violent part is when Conan the Librarian cuts a guy in half. Um, <laughs> that was so funny. There's, there's no drug use. There's no alcohol use. Like, eh, people drinking this. Not a lot, but. <laughs> okay, well, there's no like hardcore drinking. Like, it's yeah, not no like one's... the Hangover where the joke is about getting drunk and getting messed up. Like. Yeah. The joke is just dry, witty comments. Like when uh, one of the funniest moments to me is when Fran Dresser is going off about her job, and then his just weird Al's face during that, where he's like, "She's like, this job really sucks," and he's like, "And this is Bob." <laughs> See, it, after her two-minute-long speech about why she hates her job, Weird Al is so Weird Al is the everyman that. 
I think looks like he's insane. <laughs> he's an he's so likable and he emulates an everyman, even though he doesn't look at all or act at all like an everyman, like in like Mike Judge projects. But he's so I tell you what? He's not he's not stupid. He's just down on his luck. He's too imaginative for his own good. He's unfocused. There's a difference between being duh and he's, unfocused. He's, he's too he's too imaginative and he's unfocused. You mean he has ADHD? I mm, no, no, he just it's a it's a, it's a, it's a pretty cheap joke. <laughs> is what I was going for. I'm just saying that he's not dumb or mean and unaware that he's making his own life worse. He has dreams and he wants to do something with his life. But he just hasn't found that way. And so when he stumbles upon his rich uncle, wasn't it? The uncle is just like, oh, here's something to yeah. keep you busy. Like, I love, by the way, <laughs> that he's trying to make the dog drink the punch from the ladle. And then they're like, come here. And he's like, oh, and he throws the ladle on the floor, but throws the dog in the punch bowl. I like the little Brazil moment after that, too, with the extreme cheek stretch. Yeah. <laughs> They get some pretty good effects in here too. Like they have that. They have the end alien effect. Um, they get some pretty good. Like and then when he gets run over by the boulder at the during the opening scene. Which by the way, I didn't remember this part when I picked it, but I find it funny that the week where we have you analyzing the Oscars and brandy points and and brandy bites and I totally zone out. This movie, but the time machine movie begins with him li- quite literally trying to chase an Oscar. I love that. I thought that was so funny. And I love that they didn't you it's impossible to get the likeness rights to the actual Oscar statue. So I love that instead of like uh holding like a wreath up or like some other dumb fake ones, it is still basically the Oscar pose, except it's him clearly trying to hide his crotch. <laughs> yeah. And then at the end of the movie they have another trophy about uh Kramer being a janitor and a TV host. <laughs> Well, I still get to clean up, right? <laughs> yeah, sure, if you want to. All right, look at my trophy. <laughs> See, I like... Another thing I like about this is that... Cra- er, Kramer. Michael Richards' performance in this, it's it's not mean at all, even though I feel like he is kind of like the 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 head developer in Grandma's Boy, you get what I'm trying to say, like possibly on the spectrum. I I got a hundred percent that this was a dry run of Kramer, just straight up Kramer. I got this is a dry run of Kramer. What if we dial and then Kramer? They're like, what if we just dial him in? Like this is what if Kramer was stupid, and then Seinfeld is what if Kramer was just insane. Uh hmm. That's funny. I didn't get that. I got, I got like a more, I got a less mean spirited vibe of like the the game developer in Grandma's Boy. Like not in the villain kind of role, but like the the socially awkward. The, um, I mean, you get, you know what I'm trying trying to say. Yeah, but let me follow up your question with how much have you wanted to drink from a fire hose since you were a kid, after <laughs> seeing this movie for the first time? <laughs> Dude, did you notice the? The split second between you clearly can see the water missed the kid's face but went yeah. in front of him, and then it smash yeah. cuts to a stunt person flying backwards. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I also um I love that when he comes out and he's in the car and he's high fiving all the people, he's like, You found the marble in the oatmeal and the kid's like, Yay it's like <laughs> See, okay, this is this is exactly like this is such a sweet spot for my sense of humor, like scatological, irreverent, just what is the outright goofiest things that you can think of? And it basically being a, it basically taking its act breaks to have these insane vignettes, like specialist city, like <laughs> specialist city. What, what is better for saying for the moment where you finally say, I love you than a spatula. <laughs> I love spatulas so much. I bought them all. <laughs> Buy nine spatulas, get the tenth one, or get the tenth one free. Dude, I didn't, I didn't go back and write it down. But what did, when he was the investigative journalist, he was like, these, this company is kidnapping women, turning them gay, and then having them like hunt cats or, what? Oh, do you remember that part I'm talking about? So, I, I, I did write that down. I gotta find. It starts. It starts with. Here it is. <laughs> 
lesbian Nazi hookers abducted by UFOs and forced into weight loss programs. <laughs> Weird Al, a lot of his jokes in this movie, like I've, I've said it before, Weird Al, or there seems like there's times in movies where they just throw darts at random phrases and they're like, we got to make a joke about this. Weird Al feels like he does that, does that and delivers. I it's it like his because his his newscaster thing is obviously them riffing on Geraldo Rivera. Yeah, like when like the most obvious part. There's two really obvious parts. One of them I didn't know about until I rewatched the Red Letter Media review. But the first one I knew about was when he opens Al Capone's dashboard or glove box and he's like, "Look." Roadmaps, because uh, Geraldo opened Al Capone's vault and famously found nothing. Um, and then uh, the other one was when he keeps getting hit with chairs. So apparently during I saw this on the Red Letter Media Review. Apparently during one of Geraldo's shows, there was a fight that broke out and someone threw a chair and hit him with it. Really? And he had like a like. He had like a busted up nose and there's blood coming out of it. And then in this one, they put Al in like a full broken nose cast. And then he's like, and then he says the lesbian hooker, lesbian Nazi hookers abducted by UFOs and forced into weight loss programs. And then they hit him with a chair again. That's funny. I didn't know that. I, um, uh, I only had a minute to glance over the trivia and, um, I saw that in every other market, almost like foreign market, this movie's called the vidiot. And for some reason, <laughs> for some reason here in America, MGM said just it's got to be UHF, like because ultra high frequencies for like TV broadcasts, they thought like it'd be a smart title. And Weird Al went maybe on- maybe Al pushed for UHF because of the title song. No, he wanted the vidiot. He wanted it to be called the <laughs> vidiot here, and MGM said no. So he's gone on the record and said, "I hate the title. I didn't want it to be called UHF." That's funny. Well, so back back to like his jokes working. Like, so for those of our listeners that aren't Weird Al fans, um, Weird Al do, is very well known for doing parody songs. He either does style parodies where he basically does an original song in the style of uh, either a genre or a band, <sighs> or he parodies a song like Michael Jackson's "Beat It." He makes "Eat It." Um, smells like Teen Spirit. It smells like Nirvana. Um, he did uh, Trapped in the Drive-Thru for Trapped in the Closet. Um, but he he tends to have very clean subject matter with very just childish and immature jokes. And this movie feels like, you know, you always hear about like, oh, it's, it's, it's this person's starring thing. Like, uh, what's the one that Carrot Top did where he's an inventor? Uh, I have no idea. I don't know which. I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea what this is. But you hear about you hear about movies that are like starring vehicles for people. Um, Freddy got fingered. This is very similar to Freddy got fingered in the fact that you can tell they gave the star a ton of control on the movie because Freddy got fingered. You can tell Tom Green had a lot of input on that movie. You can tell uh, Weird Al had a lot of input on this movie. He got to make. Basically, hey, if you were in charge of, of an hour and 40 minute movie, what would you do? I would do this. Like he it it plays. And the concert that I've been to for Weird Al, they played clips from this a lot. Like it it felt like you actually saw most of the UHF movie at his concert. Yeah. Um, yeah. They I don't think it was a lot. I don't think it was like this. OK, I was I was just reaching to make a joke slash point. But what I'm getting at is uh, like. <laughs> This this just feels like if Weird Al just got to be in charge of a movie. Like, what's the weird, goofy, immature thing you'd want to do, UHF? Well, it's – I think he used it as the – I think the vignettes must have been what caused him to use the structure of trying to salvage a TV studio. Because when you're in a TV studio, it's content creation. So on top of creating a movie, he gets to do all these other really silly things that he wants to do and – it's again, I, I I mean, I've said it like it's not mean spirited. It's just this is how he expresses himself by writing basically like uh, goofy songs for adults and just making fun of the weird of the, the, the most minute, weirdest things that he can think of and just be silly. He's not being mean. He's being silly. And that's something that's so endearing about it is like 
just him poking fun at everything and anything. Not for, not for any specific agenda. It's just like, oh, you know what rhymes with that? That does. And then, you know what's funny? Like that? We can make a song like that about carrots. Like, well, to get inside his head would be so fun. It's funny with, with Weird Al. Like I said, it feels like a concert. And that's the thing that is so good about this movie. Is it feels genuine. It feels like this is what if he made a movie. Like, Oh, yeah. The weird, the weird vignettes breaking up stuff, like Conan the Librarian, is probably I was doing Conan the Bar- Conan the Librarian impressions before I actually started doing Arnold impressions. Like I knew about Conan the Librarian before I knew about Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> That's how long I've known about this movie compared to to Conan the Barbarian. Just like. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? <laughs> and then, and then, uh, me and my dad always just quote like whenever we like swing an axe or something, and one of us is around the other person. It's not often, but um, whenever that happens, we're just like yank. Um, so just his like his vignettes. It's funny because he has a lot of like insane humor, like Wheel of Fish. It's such a weird concept that runs and he doesn't hold on jokes too long. And I think that's something that's great um, is he doesn't hold on jokes too long. Unlike a previous movie we reviewed this week that was also a comedy and it released this year where it just holds on a joke too long. Like I'm doing right now. Um, He doesn't hold on jokes too long. Like the scene where the guy cuts his thumb off using the saw. uh, Apparently again, the red letter media review I've heard, there's a there's a very extended scene of that where like he just keeps like squirting his blood everywhere and someone and he like puts his thumb in his mouth for some reason, um, but like he he knows like if I keep going the joke's gonna get old I know when to cut yeah um and it lets him fit in that, so much more into this already short runtime like I think this what this was a hundred minutes long. And he's able to fit Roughly. so many jokes into this and so many different little what? little bits into it. And it's funny because, like, you always hear about, like, in comedy, someone has to suffer. Most of the time, Weird Al's the one suffering. But one of the best jokes in the movie is, hey, Bobbo, look up. Look down. Now look at Mr. Frying Pan. And he just clocks a clown in the face with a frying pan. <laughs> I love that so much, too. <laughs> I like, think... Oh, I was... Sorry, you finished your thoughts. I was going to say, what's your... His... Mm-hmm. His his joke is not, or his comedy is just to make fun of how bizarre circumstances are all the time. And he's never, he's not like movies like, I've been listening to really random episodes of our podcast while working, just like throwing them on. Uh, I listened to the Zombieland 2 review. It's not like Zombieland 2 where, where they're clearly trying to poke fun at a political party that they don't align with weird Al is like, I'm trying to make fun of everything and everybody because I just find this, I find goofiness and silliness amazing. And I want to share it with everybody. Yeah. Nothing is, nothing is more personal than the fact that weird Al finds the X silly or funny. That's all it's, it's not targeted at any specific thing beyond the fact that like weird Al just finds something something in this goofy and wants to exploit that like look at how silly that is <laughs> isn't it hilarious that this one guy is do we're doing a, a rip-off national geographic show with this guy that uh is showing us around his apartment and he shakes up a uh an ant house thing and then he's just throwing poodles out his window and this is the first time i ever noticed when he's throwing the poodles out the window right underneath his window there is a pile of animals <laughs> i think and i love i love when they're like where did you find this guy i thought you hired him and then they just have that moment where they're like who the hell is this guy <laughs> i think that was my favorite out of all of them if it was if it wasn't um the Geraldo parody, it would be that guy, the the guy with pets at his apartment. Those were the two parts I'd laugh. They the really hate at. it when you do this. <laughs> God. Oh, they're really bad now. Oh, I actually used to have on my phone, um, because I would capture sounds on my old, uh, um, uh, I can't remember my old Samsung phone. Like, th- like when we were in high school, and like it was cool to like 
clip songs off the radio for ringtones. I would clip things that made me laugh in movies. <laughs> and I had a clip. I remember this I'd, very much. I remember you doing this. I had a clip on my phone of him uh, putting the cheese on the Twinkie and going, Hey, a Twinkie wiener sandwich. Wiener sandwich. <laughs> I had that as a drop on my phone what, forever. Here's, here's the thing, too. Do you think he microwaved that hot dog before he put it on there, or do you think he had it refrigerator cold? Oh, because I don't know what's more disgusting. Oh, he microwaved it. There's no way he didn't microwave it. That's <laughs> so gross. And the thing, the thing I like uh, too about like it's it feeling so authentic to Weird Al is that like all his love songs had him being such a tragically terrible romantic, and like the scenes with. Uh, uh, jackson's her last name i can't remember victoria jackson victoria jackson one of the best scenes with him with victoria jackson is right when he goes home and he's like i just don't know what's wrong with me he's like smacking (laughs) his head on the counter and he's like ah i love the voicemail when so anyway what's for dinner (laughs) yeah i love i love the voicemail when he's just like take me back Ah, i fall apart that and uh when um he he forgets to meet her for dinner yeah (laughs) you can just forget all my birthdays um (laughs) but uh okay so i like when they meet the villain of the movie what has that guy done because i recognized him and i was like why do i recognize you oh um i'll pull him up here i didn't um do as much prep as I wanted. Because he always plays the same actor. I kept thinking it was the guy from Caddyshack that goes, well, we're waiting. I was like, I know that's not him. Uh, his name is Kevin McCarthy, and he is a character actor with over 200 credits. <laughs> What's his known for? Uh, his known for, at least on top here on IMDb, are uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers in 56, UHF, Interspace from 87, and Invasion of the Body Snatchers in 1978. So he was in the remake of it, too. Hmm. Um, but uh, he was nominated yeah, for he does, an Oscar. he does an amazing job, I, and I like I like his son. Like his son has one of the funnier jokes in this movie. <laughs> when he, what would he what would he say if he was alive today? Help! Help! Get me out of this box. <laughs> oh, Kevin! Kevin actually died in two thousand and ten. Uh, Oscar nomination for Death of a Salesman. Uh, no, I feel like he's just one I of those. Bet he would be dead if he was in a movie from fifty six. I bet he probably did die. He, uh, <laughs> I think he's just one of those guys that like you just happen to see him in everything, like just one of. And he played the same guy every time. Oh, I mean, to be fair, I mean the way he looked. I mean, it's kind of hard to not typecast when you look like how he did. <laughs> I'm not trying to sound mean, but like <laughs> he looks like he was born with a suit. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, one of one of the I I think one of the more underrated jokes is the guy that has the Richard Petty like uh cowboy hat on with like the raccoon tail hanging off the bat and he's like i take that ridiculous thing off and he just takes the mustache off oh my god that was a great joke that was so funny that was mm, I, top I remember notch. as soon as i as soon as i saw him pop in i was like i know it's not the hat but i forgot what it is and then he takes the mustache off and it's like it's the mustache that's like a Mel Brooks level joke. Like that was, gosh, that was hilarious. Just how silly that is. I, can you imagine if at the time that, because when did Spaceballs come out compared to this? Uh, Spaceballs, I want to say was eighty seven. I'm gonna check that though. Oop, almost knocked that over. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> listeners, my desk is very cluttered. Uh, ah, I was right, eighty seven. Yeah. Can you imagine if at this time Weird Al paired up with Mel Brooks to make a make a parody movie? <sighs> That'd have been a dream. That I mean, I mean, Mel is still alive, but <laughs> back then, God, that'd have been amazing. I don't know if I. Maybe it's one of those things where like they're good on their own, but together it wouldn't work that well. Like I'd be afraid that would happen, but I don't know. Yeah, because their sense of humor. Eh, I f- I think Weird Al tries to go a little too surreal. Yeah, compared to compared to Mel, yeah, Mel is that could be a problem. Mel is a lot more of a satirist. And Weird Al is just more irreverent. Look satir- how goofy this is. Yeah, it, he's kind of an irreverent satirist, and Mel Brooks is more of a very straightforward satirist. Like, he can tell you you're a complete jerk to your face and make you laugh at the same time. Like, that's how good at satire he is. 
He's like, oh, look at you. You're wearing a shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is the guy that wrote Springtime for Hitler. I'm just saying. (laughs) So, uh, trying to think of everyone. We we mentioned uh, Fran Drescher's got some pretty good point moments, like the part where she's yelling about how much she hates her job. I love when she first goes uh, out. She's like, I've always wanted to read the news. And they send her out to like go talk to the mayor. Kelsey pointed out the uh, the little person that is the cameraman that is with her was one of the oldest surviving uh, munchkins from The Wizard of Oz. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. I, yeah. Which I thought was weird. I was like, you've never seen this movie and you just know about that guy. And she goes, it's like the one thing I know about in this movie. And I was like, why is that the one thing you know? Does she like the Wizard of Oz? Or did she look up that? That was that was that was a stocking stuffer I gave her. Was Wizard of Oz on Blu-ray for Christmas? That showed up three weeks afterward because USPS totally sucked in December and January. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, I'm just I was trying to find his name in the cast, but um, Jay Levy, the director, <laughs> he had an uncredited cameo as Gandhi for the trailer for Gandhi Two. <laughs> that was the thing. This is the first time I've seen this in HD. And there's times where you can notice makeup. Like, you can notice in Gandhi that it's a guy with makeup on to make him appear like his skin tone is darker. Oh, yeah. It's um, it's definitely brown face. <laughs> yeah. There, what was it? there was another time that kind of stuck out where, I, like, I looked at it and I was like, he's got prosthetics on. But it's one of those things where it's like, 89, I don't blame him for not, like, smoothing it out a little bit. Oh, no, dude. The, the budget for this movie given the time that it was too, like they, they didn't think they had to worry about masking up all the pieces of tape and uh, cardboard to make this movie. Like they didn't know that 4k transfers were 30 years down the line, (laughs) but did they know people would not be happy with brown face? (laughs) Apparently not. (laughs) But um, what do you think of, how much do you love the Rambo spoof in this movie? It is funny. It is real. Not as much as you, but it's. <laughs> I. <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> I think my favorite part of it is uh, when the guy is shooting at him, and he gets literally a foot away from him, and then he ex- and then makes him explode, <laughs> and then he pulls back a bow and arrow. Well, that's the thing that I think is the funniest, like. The funniest thing that has been carried on from the Rambo series is whatever movie. Okay, so I've only seen First Blood and like uh, the most recent Rambo movie. I've seen clips <laughs> of some of the other blood. ones. <laughs> okay, well, I've seen clips of some of the other ones and the meme of Sylvester Stallone with his thumbs up instead of a machine gun. That's about it. Oh, uh, we got us. Um, of the rest of the series. I got to get you to watch Rambo from 09. <laughs> I'm fine with watching the rest of the series, but what I'm getting at is I don't know specifically what movie this is, but the movie where he apparently, because this was ripped on in this movie and Hot Shots Part 2, is when he just starts shooting everybody with explosive-tipped arrows. That's got it. Because that was easier than using a gun. That's got Okay, well, obviously that's two or three because Rambo 09 was after, but I I, I really liked also when he... um. I was trying to think of it when he when he caught the bullet in his mouth and he didn't do the cliche like smile with the bullet. He just chews it and then just blows that kind of pieces. <laughs> I I love so I love I love the I love the bow and arrow bit, but I, I my favorite part is, is the helicopter part where. Oh yeah, he's he destroying the, the, at the he's destroying the at whole the helicopter, <laughs> and it blows up, and he's just going around blowing up stuff around the world. He's just like, ah, and he fires, ah, and that's when I made my note of he does a good Stallone. <laughs> yeah, when he I love the face he makes when the Eiffel Tower, the Hollywood sign, the Empire's or maybe not the Empire State Building, I can't remember, but. <laughs> Was between <laughs> between Rambo and Conan the Librarian? Um, I don't remember if I asked you directly. Like, uh, what was your favorite out of like all the little vignettes and commercials? Oh God! Because mine, I I said mine. Mine's a tie between the reporter and the the guy with the zoo in his apartment. <laughs> uh, 
I, I hate having this dead air, but I'm I'm being 100% honest. I think Conan the Librarian takes it mm-hmm. because I have been quoting that since I was like seven. Hey, that's a that's a valid that's a valid reason. <laughs> and also, dude, that guy that got to be Arnold looks like freaking Arnold. Yeah, he kind of did. <laughs> oh, you just you just made me think too. The um, another honorable mention, I guess, is um, it's not really like addressed. It's like a split second title card, more or less, but. I'm really curious what strip solitaire would be like. <laughs> I thought that was really something funny. That, something. So one thing to talk about, since it sounds like we're kind of running out of stuff to talk about other than starting to just quote the movie. Um, something it, to talk about with this movie is its legacy as a box office bomb. This came out in the summer of 1989, which was one of the best summers on record for movies. It opened up. And Ghostbusters two came out. Uh, it was a big, it was a big sequel summer. But also, Batman eighty nine came out, um, and it was just amazing for franchise movies that entire summer. And they opened like it was one of the worst times for a risky movie to open, where it's like it's a risk, but if it if it we can get people in the box office, we're fine. And this was not the summer to do that because every it seemed like every movie that came out that summer was an amazing movie. I just um I just pulled up what the numbers were. The budget was five million dollars, and total gross worldwide was six point one million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! So it technically made its money back. <laughs> oh my god! Broke even. I don't know how how true this is but down here at least in the technical specs it says the cut that we saw was 97 minutes long allegedly there is a rough cut that is two hours and 20 minutes long you know what i want to see it with with how much like i said i give this movie sprinkles with how much this movie does not miss with jokes dude i i've never said this about a comedy we've reviewed i was slapping my knee this movie got knee slaps out of me, dude. That's funny. I, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I, I laughed quite a bit during this movie, but this is, that's the thing with reviewing a comedy is that it's a comedy itself is subjective. So like, I don't know if people find it entertaining listening to us indulge in our own sense of humor and can't rebuttal just like, this is childish or like, why did you think that was like, Sorry, Dan, we think if they're this listening is to funny. us, they're not going to complain that something is childish. Right. I'm not saying that. I'm just, you know what I mean, though? Like, it's hard to, re- that's the hard thing about reviewing comedies is because, yeah, this plot is really thin. Yeah, it's not about a character study. And, it's like. And after a certain point, you have to just start quoting the movie. Yeah, the whole point of this movie is watching Weird Al get to play with $5 million to make a bunch of goofy stuff on screen that's really funny if you're into that kind of innocent childlike irreverent version of his humor that he has it's almost like the same kind of tame level as the simpsons where it's like not that mean not that sweary not that risque it's much tamer but it's still hilarious like because he's so yeah. witty it, it is much tamer than the simpsons though who would I, you cast eh, sort of <laughs> who would you cast nick cage to be in this and why I think if you, I would, I would find it entertaining if he was like the gangster. Um, I thought that was Joe Montana, but that's actually not him. Um, it's this other actor named, um, shoot, I switched my tabs. Uh, you know the gangster I'm talking about though. Yeah. Big Louie. Yeah. That guy is actually, uh, David Prov- Proval. Um, Provolone cheese. <laughs> exactly. He's credited as head thug. Um, I kind of want him in the day in that role as that kind of gangster role. Uh, that's I mean, that's the one that stands out to me, though, because I don't I, I mean, it would be entertaining to see him play Michael Richards character. <laughs> it's just Nick Cage going, that's my mop. That's all I have. <laughs> I want him to be the homeless guy. <laughs> you already changed, you have mister. Changed. <laughs> 95. One dollar thanks i got this really neat watch 
It's Rolex. I want to buy your remaining 70,000 shares. How many shares was it? Like, your remaining 7,000 shares. <laughs> no, it only would have been 200 because it was $10 a share. And he's like, it's $2,000. <laughs> I do a really good impression of that guy. You did. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> oh, you caught me off guard. That was really funny. Dude. I got this really neat watch. It's a Rolex. <laughs> Gee, thanks, mister. <laughs> Gee, thanks, mister. I got the double mint penny. <laughs> oh, my God. You really do do a good impression of him. That was good. Mm. Use me. That's a good pick for Dick Cage too. Yeah. But uh, but honestly, um, I would reference my notes for anything else we didn't cover. But um, I watched this late enough that I didn't take notes. <laughs> and I I feel like the more I talk about it, the more. Other than, I love when he goes, "What time is it?" And then the hole breaks. The arm breaks through a hole in the wall, and he's like, oh, "I gotta go." Um. <laughs> but I, uh, oh, I got one last thing, and it, it's it's a it would have tied in amazing with a line Kramer says in Seinfeld. He there's an episode where he starts pretending to work at this one office for some reason I can't remember why, and he gets fired, and he's like, but I don't even really work here. When he gets fired as the janitor in that in that uh, boardroom, I was like, I would have laughed so hard if he goes, I don't even really work here. <laughs> Um, Even though this was but before yeah, Seinfeld, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna just start quoting the movie if uh, if we don't move on. So I I highly recommend it. I give this movie our highest rating. I give it sprinkles. I've I haven't seen this movie in double digit amount of years, and I I've seen this movie since I was a very young kid. Love this movie. Was very formative to my sense of humor when I was younger, and you don't see it on TV very much anymore. So. Uh, yeah, I remember seeing this in The Complete Owl when I was a kid, and that one's like a mockumentary of him. So I recommend seeing this in The Complete Owl. I Sprink Sprinkles for this one. I highly recommend it, um, even though I know somebody out there will probably ask us why we didn't talk about why there's a random music video in the middle of the movie. Uh, it works. Yeah, it doesn't bother. Honestly, it doesn't bother me. Um it, it sets it up fine that it makes sense that it's a dream that he has a dream of a music video. I That's my two cents on it. So that's why we didn't address it. I missed it. half of what you said because I knocked my headphones out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I was saying that it sets it up perfectly as a dream. So it makes sense that he would dream of a music video. And that's honestly my two cents on it. That's why I didn't feel like bringing it up earlier. But uh, And it works. Ex exactly. I love this movie. It's hilarious. It's exactly... If you want to understand Nick and my sense of humor to certain degrees, this is this is where it, it for, where it formed when we were young and didn't know what swears were. Yeah, this is this is a, a, a perfectly innocent, fun comedy that you could show most uh, most children around like ten or older. It's so funny. It's so good. Check it out on Prime if you have it. If not, just buy it. While you were talking, I looked it up, and there is a twenty fifth anniversary Blu Ray. If that was the one that you were looking at. Let me see if it's even in my eBay list anymore. Okay. Well, while you do that, I will sign this off. We're going to take a very brief break, and when we come back, we will let you know what we are doing next week. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you. Fugate. I forgot to say Fugate and Thunder Force, so Fugate for that, too. <laughs> Way to go. Guys, thank you for listening um, to our thoughts. You threw me off. Thank you for listening to our thoughts on UHF. That was what we were doing, not Thunder Force just now. Um, <laughs> um, and thank you to Isla Barford and Fugate for the bumper music. Nick, you did the guitar riff before the review started, too, so thank you for that. Uh, next week, Facebook, Brownie Points Guide to Cinema, Instagram, Brownie <laughs> underscore points underscore guide, and Twitter at Brownie underscore cinema, as well as Brownie Points Guide to Cinema at gmail.com. Make sure you're sending us Brownie Bites at days where they're topics to discuss, countdowns to do, movie trailers to review, as well as movies to review, whether they're in theaters or streaming, time machines or new releases. Also, find us on uh, Letterboxd. Dan is capital D Brownie49, and I'm on there, but I don't remember what my name is. And also, whatever program you're listening to us on, 
Uh, leave us a review as high as you possibly can and whatever uh, star ratings or whatever. Also, leave us words with ones with words. If I see them on uh, Apple Podcasts, I will read them on air. It's a really good way to help us grow because I don't know if you haven't noticed, we've not told you about uh, Raid Shadow Legends or Saving Balls or uh, any presenting sponsors about mattresses. So we don't have sponsors. So the best way to help us grow is you, the community. So do it. Um, and... Uh, Back to you, Dan. <laughs> we could we could talk off mic if you ever. Oh, wanna... also tell everyone you know about the show. Shout it when you're having sex. Whatever. <laughs> it's been the running. It's been the running joke. I keep saying that. So you shouted it while we were making love. If you wanted to go first, you could have given me the heads up. <laughs> Was that not my cue? <laughs> Guys, next week uh, we have an awesome, busy week once again for you guys. Our first movie that we are going to be reviewing is technically kind of sort of a new movie um it just got added to hulu uh last month if i remember right but it just won the academy award for best international film and this was a request by super fan of the show shane he he slid into my dms and said hey when are you guys going to be able to watch this hour oh was it was it both of us or just me i thought it was just me probably i don't know Oh, I thought it was just me, but whatever. He slid into our DMs. He said, when can you guys watch another round? That is going to be next week, Shane. Didn't have a new movie on the schedule, so here you go. It's the film from Denmark starring my man crush, Mads Mikkelsen. Hashtag Mad for Mads. We are going to watch it next week. Ryan Gosling all the way. (laughs) That's what we're going to be watching for our first review next week is another round. It's on Hulu. And also on Hulu is our trip into the time machine. Nick, where are we taking that time machine? If you think that next week we're not going to talk about Dodge Chargers because we're reviewing Hobbs and Shaw, you'd be wrong because we're going to talk about the Dukes of Hazard. Because I was going to forget to have us talk about that after I said I wanted to watch it like two weeks ago. <laughs> so we have to watch it now. <sighs> Willie Nelson, Johnny Knoxville, Jessica Simpson, and the guy from Goon are in this movie. There you go. It's a, it's our it's a it's our latest uh, Sean William Scott sighting. I don't think we've had him on Sean William Scott. There it is. I don't think we've had him on the show since Goon. Now that I think about it, <laughs> Skika Goon. That's the Canadian version. Skika do. And this will be our first Johnny Knoxville film, possibly. I'm pretty sure we didn't watch The Ringer. We didn't do any of the Jackasses. Yet. We didn't do Bad Grandpa. Yet. <laughs> I can't. Um, we're gonna do Jackass Four, but that comes out next summer. Well, he also we didn't we didn't do the one where he has the amusement park. Oh no, no, I I know what one you're talking about. Action park or mountain or something. Yeah, danger danger park or I think it was action park actually. Candy Mountain. Um. <laughs> but yeah, Johnny Knoxville around this time was trying to have an acting career, so we'll watch this movie and see what went wrong oh yeah one of the worst reviewed films of 2005 i can't wait to give a reappraisal to this (laughs) (laughs) it'll be my first time watching this because obviously i avoided it like the plague but yeah that's our second movie is the 20 i've never i've actually never seen this movie either and i'm the one that actually grew up liking the show well we'll get to see what it's like when they reimagined it in the early 2000s uh that is our second movie <laughs> you know when we didn't have imaginations in hollywood <laughs> yeah the start <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that will be after another round on tuesday um our ongoing fast and the furious recap is co- family or friday <laughs> is it is coming to an end listeners tomorrow is our thoughts on the fate of the furious the last film in that specific canon and then next friday we close it out with hobbs and shaw it is going to be a reappraisal because we did see it in theaters two years ago in 2019 and that was the last time i saw hobbs and shaw so same and i own the movie (laughs) uh it is on that will be on hbo um None of the Fast and the Furious films have been streaming outside of the first two. Maybe three of them were on HBO at the time we started this, but uh, I don't know what good. I'm getting my 4K set. <laughs> I don't know what good it is to tell you all guys to tell you all now that they're not streaming anywhere. But <laughs> it, at least in two but weeks, but they are coming back to theaters on a week by week basis for one showing a week. 
Yeah, so if you guys feel on, on, ironically, Fast and Furious Family Fridays. Yeah, they didn't copy us at all. Um, <laughs> but once you finish watching any of... We started this two months ago, son. No, that just means we started it two months early. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to go see the Fast, and Furious, the Fast and the Furious in theaters with my wife on Friday, which is why Brownie Bites is being recorded on a Thursday. Yeah, I I don't know. I If I do want to see one of them in theaters, it would either be three or seven. But your highest ratings have been three and seven and then a bunch of single brownies and then a bunch of cookies. Yeah, that's what I'm that's what I'm getting at is that I would only and even still like I don't feel that compelled to I I can I I'm I'll be OK with a little bit of I'm separation just, from these. <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm just excited to be able to go see my favorite one of my my what bleh. I'm excited to go see my favorite movie in one of my favorite guilty pleasure franchises that I'd never got the chance to see in theaters because of how young I was. I'm very excited to be able to see that on the big screen dude, for once. Dude, you should be. I, I always geek out whenever I get to go see a, a, a classic movie in the theater because it, it happens so rarely. <laughs> Might be a bold stretch saying that uh, the Fast and the Fierce... Oh my God, the Blues are going to win a game? They were trailing. Yay! <laughs> they were da- they were down three one and they're now leading four three with twenty three seconds left in the third. Listeners, this is how you multitask. <laughs> yeah. For those of you that don't know, I've been watching the Blues game the entire time. Um, but uh, it's kind of a stretch to say the Fast and the Furious is classic cinema. But at the same time, I would I would imagine it because of how big the series is. Like you know what? Yeah, maybe the first one is you. It's I I none of the others. <laughs> I don't. I don't mean that in like a. I just mean the fact that it's a movie that's older than the current year. Like seeing a. You said it's a classic. We got it recorded. I said movies I saw were classics, like Alien, <laughs> in Rear Window, <laughs> and The Fast and the Furious. <laughs> it did start a franchise. Dan Brown, The Fast and the Furious is a classic, just like Alien. <laughs> <It's> a- <laughs> they both started franchises. <laughs> <laughs> well, he can definitively say it started a franchise. <laughs> Listeners, we will always be here in your ears on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Anchor.com, and all other major podcasting platforms here and around the globe. Shout out to all of you international listeners. We know you're out there. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, guys, so far the year has been better than 2020, but it will only get better if you continue Two, wear your masks, wash your hands, open your ears and your hearts and give a damn about each other and go ahead and get your damn vaccine. By the time you guys are hearing this, I will have a bandaid on my arm because I got my first shot. Uh, Nick, you will be in the process of getting your shot probably when this drops, um, I think. <laughs> yeah, the, the, day, the day this comes out is the day that I get my first dose. And the day after we are currently taping this future people um <laughs> i'm getting my shot tomorrow so <laughs> and then we'll be fully vaccinated by june and the show will finally be able to go back to normal 16 months later and good news i'll elaborate it on uh elaborate on it in brownie bites but you've already heard but i'm going back to st louis in august and i'm gonna see a baseball game dude our our lives are coming back to normal i we're it's so beautiful you're going back to sports we're going back to movies I I had yeah we win. Thanks for the extra note before the joke I was gonna make, but now I kind of don't want to make the joke. <laughs> no, I, I'm just kidding. Do you still want to hear it? Yeah, I was right. Well, before the Blues won, <laughs> I was I was saying we're going back to the theaters. You're going back to sports. I have somebody in my life that makes me happy again. <laughs> I'm married. Yeah, <laughs> we both have. We both have significant others that make us happy. The world is back to normal. <laughs> Kelsey, Kelsey said someone asked her recently. They're like, "Oh, so you're married? When are, when, are, when are you guys gonna have a kid or have kids?" And I told her, "I was like, you know what your response should be for any time someone asks you that." And she goes, "What?" And I was like, "You should just say when we feel like our lives are over." <laughs> <laughs> it, I, yeah, you haven't even been even if you had been married for more than a year yet. The answer to that question is none of your damn business. <laughs> when are you having kids? When are you going to shut your damn mouth? 
for some reason for some reason that that Hank they're not Hank Hill the 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 King of the Hill meme came into my head when it's just like imagining Bobby open the door of the bears yeah but it's instead Nick you gotta tell me when you're having a kid <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh do I have anything else to say for the nah no one I work with cares about when I have a kid <laughs> As- <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, they might. They just haven't told me. They'll know. They'll know when one pops out of there. It's. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> when I'm suddenly not there for a couple weeks. <laughs> well, we knew you were dead, or you had a kid. <laughs> that actually happened. Um, well, there was a. Well, wait. No, no, no. The the part about like some guy just randomly wasn't there. There was a guy at work that had a kid virtually no one knew that his wife was pregnant. And then I was like, where is so-and-so? I haven't seen him for several weeks. And they're like, oh, he had a baby. And I was like, he did? (laughs) I didn't know that that his family was expecting. And they were like, yeah, no one really did. Oh, my God. That's funny. Uh, I was just thinking, do I have anything? Oh, I said we're getting vaccinated. So, yeah. Another round on Tuesday. Duke's a hazard on Thursday. And... Uh, tomorrow is Fate of the Furious, and next Friday, our recap is over with Hobbs and Shaw. That's all we got for you this week, besides Fast and Furious tomorrow. Catch you later, guys. So, like I said, uh, the Blues won tonight, and I'm allowed to be happy about that because they didn't do a lot of that during March or April, and it's April. Because it was $10 a share, and he's like, it's $2,000. Gee, thanks, mister. I got the double mint penny.